I will be playing my college football at the University of Drops to the 50, now steps behind the 50, runs to the right side of the 45, Wisconsin to the 40, throws it long down the field toward the end zone, Devin Smith, touchdown! Devin Smith, he's got it for a touchdown in the middle of the end zone. With the first pick in the 2023 NFL Draft. Welcome back in. Uh, as I said earlier on the show this week, we're going to do a preview show separate. This recording on a Tuesday, Tuesday the 7th. The college football playoff rankings just came out. You'll probably be listening to this on a Thursday. And Josh, just first question to you. Uh, did the committee get it right? I think so. I think so. I think the top eight are pretty solid, in my opinion. I think they probably make sense that they're unchanged. The only one I maybe question was I thought UGA might have done enough to take the one spot this week, but... Other than that, I think it's pretty much where I would have had it. Um, great to see Arizona getting there at 21. I really like that. Good to see Kansas rising the ranks as well. Uh, interesting to see how far Oklahoma dropped. I know there's a couple of head-to-heads in there, and, and you've been raving about how head-to-heads make a should make a huge impact in the, in these rankings, and they seem to be seem to be a huge part of what the con, what the committee are considering. So yeah, I think they got it right. Tennessee at 13 though. Yeah, the full rankings, Kansas State back in at, or fell down to number 25, North Carolina back in at 24, Tulane 23, Iowa back in at 22. I know you're grimacing about that one, big thumbs down from you. Arizona in at 21, which we're both fans of, they deserve this, they beat three ranked teams in a row, and frankly no other team in the country should have beat four, should have beat four, and hell, probably could have even been five, Uh, no other team has done that. Notre Dame falls now to number 20 as they have three losses on the season. LSU at 19, right above Notre Dame as well. Utah at 18. Oklahoma down to 17. Kansas up to 16, which, again, Josh, head-to-heads matter. That's why Kansas over Oklahoma works. Oklahoma State at 15. Again, Oklahoma State beat both those teams, so I think 15 is a good spot for them. Missouri, yeah, I disagree. 14 is a little bit too low for them. I would have swapped them with Tennessee, who is at 13. Oregon State at 12. Louisville at 11. And then again, in the top 10, it's Penn State, Ole Miss at 9. Alabama, 8. Texas, 7. Oregon, 6. Washington, 5. And then your final four, as of right now, is Florida State at 4. Michigan, 3. UGA, 2. And Ohio State, 1. No USC, and USC are being hated on so badly, it even affected Washington's chances of getting the four this week, which I find hilarious. The committee hate USC. Well, they, nothing about them says that they're a top 25 team. They have a top, no, no, it top 10 offense, but a bottom 120 defense. <laughs> <laughs> it matters. Yeah, you have to win two phases of the game, and they're losing on defense and special teams. So, Yeah, it's, it's not Can't pretty. just win offense. And... We're going to get a lot of uh, ranked matchups now between, you know, end of the season. It's going to be uh, a lot of exciting games, a lot of huge matchups because these teams are going to face each other and these rankings are going to change. So don't put too much stock in these. We'll have two more, three more rankings before the actual, really that the one that matters comes out. Uh, but let's just, let's just jump into this week 11. Um, we said it last week. We'll say it this week. The slate just gets better and better. And the first game, number three, Michigan, at number nine, Penn State. Penn State is a four-and-a-half-point underdog at home. I'm really excited for this game. I thought Penn State played a pretty decent bounce-back game. 
after a, after a tight one against Indiana. Did what they needed to manage to get the offense back into a bit of a rhythm. Drew Aller looked looked much better this last week. You know they was expected to to win handedly, and, and as I said, they did what they needed to do. Are they ready for Michigan? I think the game's going to be somewhat close. I think it's going to be a close game. I think I think Penn State are ready to play them. I don't think they're ready to beat them. I really do think Michigan are going to have too much for them. I think the run game's going to going to be rolling. I think Blake Corum's going to be rolling. Give me two scores from Corum, and yeah, I think I think Michigan win this one, and I think Michigan cover. I'm taking taking Michigan at plus four and a half here. So you said, you know, is Penn State ready? Is Michigan ready? Like, this is the first time that we can say that Michigan has a test, and you know, everything about this season, they, they've shown us. Okay, yeah, you beating up on bad teams. Like their best win is probably that Rutgers win, or maybe that UNLV win. Which hey, shout out UNLV, the running Rebs are a. They're a very good team, but Michigan's going to be going into a hostile environment. It's one of the best defenses they'll face all year, Sands, Ohio State. It's the number five points per game and one of the top 10 offenses versus one of the top three defenses. Penn State's number two in yards allowed and number three in scoring. It's an unstoppable object versus an immovable force, and they're going to collide at each other. On the opposite side, except, except the immovable force has an unstoppable object as well because the Michigan defense is insane. Well, I was just about to get to that. Michigan's defense is they're number one in scoring defense in yards allowed. Meanwhile, Penn State's got a top ten offense still, despite Drew Aller laying some eggs in the last couple of weeks against Indiana and Ohio State. Um, it really is an unknown, and I think what we're going to see from Penn State is probably going to be similar to what we saw from Ohio State, where they're going to try to run the ball early and get Adler Atler settled in. I just, I'm just not sure he has the confidence and the ability to beat this defense. Yeah, neither do I. They're, they're in a bit more of a rhythm. I just don't think it's going to be enough to beat this defense. And I think the Michigan offense is going to have more than enough in the run game to to beat this Penn State team and I, li- and I like this Penn State team I think this is a good Penn State team I like this defence but I, I think Michigan are going to have too much they've not been tested yet but they've looked damn good well, and and good good teams blow out bad teams that's a fact like more than they win close games Penn State has the number one rushing defence so it's not a guarantee that Quorum's going to go off for you know two touchdowns like he's going to be running to the teeth of this defence and they shut down Ohio State pretty damn well. This is going to be a really fun game. I, I, I'm so excited for this one. You know, one of the top rushing offenses versus the number one rush defense. I just think this Michigan run game is so good. I think the O line is so good that I think it just beats the number one rush defense. But it's the biggest test they're going to face. So we'll see. It's going to be a great matchup. I'm a I'm a I'm a slag for O line play. So Josh, I think you're discounting how good Penn State's defense is. Maybe, maybe, maybe you're discounting how good Michigan's run game is. I, I, I know what Corm's capable of, and I know what they're going to try to do. I just think that Penn State's going to be able to stop that rushing attack, and they're going to make McCarthy win the game. And I don't think JJ McCarthy can win this game. Who do you have in this one then? I have Penn State, State winning. I think Penn State can win this game. I think it's going to be a very low-scoring game. I think. It's probably going to be damn near maybe 10-7 at halftime, and Penn State's going to have to eke it out at the end. I think that they can win this game. 
at home. They played really well against Ohio State that first half. It's just the offense gave the defense nothing. And having that nice bounce back week against Maryland, it's got the offense rolling, especially in that second half. I like Penn State to win this one. I love it. I love it. Hey, give me Michigan all day. And this is going to be... All right. On paper, this is going to be game of the week. Really excited for this one. I am. I'm very excited. This is absolutely the game of the week. Uh, we'll probably get into the number two game of the week in just a little bit. Also, big game, number eight, Alabama going to Kentucky. Kentucky is a 10.5-point underdog at home. Um, Kentucky, I was really high on earlier this season. I thought they had a great rushing attack, especially with the against Florida. Just turns out Florida had one of the worst rushing defenses in the country. <laughs> uh, yeah, I am terrified for Kentucky because I think Alabama is just going to run all over them. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty much where I'm at with this game as well. You know, Kentucky beat down Mississippi State last week, but this is a whole different beast coming to town. Bama are coming in off the back of a big 42-28 win over LSU as well. Will there be a hangover? I don't think so. I don't see it. I've got Bama. I think I think they're running the ball pretty efficiently right now. Kentucky are just outside the top 20 in, in rush yards allowed per game. This just has a classic Bama beat down for me. Bama defense is also really good. And as much as I like what I thought I liked this Kentucky offense, they've been on a three-game slide now. Had a little bit of a bounce back last week against Michigan, uh, Mississippi State. But yeah. Give me, give me Bama all day in this one. I think the offense is going to have too much, and I think the defense is going to have too much. This could be a, a tough one for Kentucky. I think 10.5 is a, a generous line. Yeah, I could very easily see Kentucky winning this one. Uh, it is tough for them because they had that big win against Florida, and then they had to play at Georgia. They took on Mizzou. They took on Tennessee, and they they looked bad in those three games. That Tennessee game, they didn't look that bad, but going that three-game slid, like you said, uh, the key for Kentucky to win this game is, I think, just play keep away ball. Don't let Alabama's offense get going. Try to limit possessions for them. Because right now, the way Milrose playing, the way that offensive run game's going, uh, you can't let them get the ball that many times. You're going to only have to let them probably get four or five times in the half. Maybe, or, yeah, in that first half. Kind of do what Utah does. Play keep away ball and just play discipline defense. However... Kentucky doesn't have any. They have none of those abilities. It's going to be on Ray Davis to win this game for them. And yeah, 10.5 is, I feel like, too low for them. Give me Alabama all day on that one. Next at noon, it's number 16, Kansas. They're taking on Texas Tech. Kansas, three and a half point favorite at home. Mind you, Texas Tech is still on a backup quarterback. Tyler Shuck broke his leg like week four or five this year. They've looked good, though, in the last couple of weeks. They're still below 500. They're fighting for ball eligibility. Who do you got? Texas Tech had a good win against TCU last week. Uh, and they, the offense actually looked pretty good. They ran the ball pretty well. Baron Morton threw the ball well through the air. The offense overall was decent. It's no secret that I love Kansas this year as well. I think Kansas are going to be too much for Texas Tech, even though they have had a decent run uh, on offense now that they've started to move the ball downfield well. I still think I've got Kansas in this one, and I think I have them to cover as well. I think it doesn't matter if it's Bean, doesn't matter if it's Daniels. I think I've got Kansas at minus three and a half in this one. So the recipe of beating Kansas is running the ball on them. It's what Oklahoma State did. It's what Texas, uh, University of Texas did. Texas Tech has a really good running back in Taj Brooks. Can they get him going early? I don't 
think that the run game alone is enough to beat Kansas. I think Kansas can win this one comfortably, probably by at least two scores. Tech has just looked too bipolar all season. You know, one game, their defense will be balling out, and the offense falls asleep. Next, the offense is waking up, and the defense is, you know, not be able to generate pressure. They do a very good job at generating pressure and generating turnovers. We saw Tim DeRuiter do that across many schools he's gone to. I just don't think it's enough, and the Bean Boys are going to be cooking again. Now, Josh, on the topic of Jason Bean, if Jaden Daniels, or Jalen Daniels, excuse me, my roommate, I can hear him screaming in the other room. If Jalen Daniels uh, comes back, do you still ride Bean? I'm starting Bean this week. I'm starting. I'm starting. Whoever's had the most practice reps, whoever's whoever's had the most reps, I'm starting Bean this week. If Daniels is back on Monday, gets a full week of practice in, and looks like the better option going into the Kansas State game, I'd be hard pressed not to start him. But I start Bean this week. I think for sure. A quick Google search tells me that. He did not travel with the team to Iowa State. Uh, it does not sound like he's going to be ready to go for this game as well. So I Give think me that, the bean show. Yeah, give me the... I'm all on board for the bean show. I love that. Uh, Kansas, the rest of their schedule, they have Tech, then against Kansas State in the Sunflower Showdown, and then at Cincinnati. We're looking at a 10-win Kansas right now. That's incredible. With, with their backup quarterback. With their backup quarterback. Yeah, Daniels played one game this year, two games this year, and they looked kind of shaky in the game he did play in against BYU because he was rusty. Yeah, give me Kansas as well. This game, it's not a ranked game. This is a sicko game, but I have it on here for a very good reason. It's Maryland at Nebraska. Nebraska is a two-and-a-half-point underdog at home. Maryland is on a five-game slide. Nebraska has battled back throughout the season after starting – one and three both of these teams are sitting at five and four and on the cusp of bowl eligibility one of these one of these teams is going to walk out of here bowl eligible who is it josh i mean maryland need it more i think if you look maryland started the season with five consecutive wins since lost four straight and you look at their schedule after nebraska they play michigan they then play rutgers to close the season so they play nebraska Michigan and Rutgers, they're probably not going to win any of them. They kind of have to win this one if they want it to be, if they want to get bowl eligible. I still think, I think, I still think Nebraska have it though. I still think Nebraska are going to beat Maryland. Who have you got? This is just a, this is just a complete toss up for me. But I'm just riding with, I'm riding with rule. You know, I'll always ride with rule. I, I'm a, I'm a rule guy as well. Um, I like what Nebraska has been able to do after making the quarterback switch from Sims to Harenberg, Harenberg. Um, at home, I like Nebraska in this one. The Maryland offense started off really hot with Talia Tungavailoa. Uh, they were able to put up points. They had a great passing attack. And then once teams got tape on them and <laughs> teams were able to game plan around it, because like if you just pressure him and force him to make quick reads, he's incapable of throwing downfield. And I think Nebraska's be able to do that really well. If you rewind all the way back to week one, when Nebraska lost in the dumbest way to Minnesota, <laughs> we, we'd be talking about the possibility, you know, seven win Nebraska in Matt Rule's first year. That's a great start to the season. Yeah. Oh, it really is. It really is. And 
is must win for both sides. So I think it, as much as it's a sicko game, I think it's going to be a good game because Nebraska's close to the season isn't easy either. They're going to want to win here because they play Wisconsin and then Iowa. And, you know, you haven't got to score many to beat Iowa, but no, they seem to keep beating everyone. I think Wisconsin is winnable. Uh, Wisconsin's kind of looked bad in their last two weeks. They lost to Illinois and they've they lost somebody else this past week. Um Oh, they lost to Indiana. Yeah, they lost to Indiana and Ohio State. They beat Illinois, excuse me. Uh, I think it's winnable for them. But yeah, give me Nebraska this week. It's, it's way more winnable than, Mar- than Maryland with Michigan and Rutgers. Yeah, that's true. Another game to the over to the ACC now. It's Georgia Tech at Clemson. Again, we're looking at two teams sitting at 5-4. and four. One of these teams is walking out bowl eligible. Who do you got? Clemson is a 14 and a half point favorite. 14 and a half. And Clemson played a decent game against Notre Dame. They they showed up on defense especially, but this Georgia Tech team's been dealing on offense. I don't know if you've seen them these last couple of weeks, but they hung 46 on UNC, just put 45 on Virginia. They seem to have just hit some rhythm on offense and hey, I'm taking Georgia Tech money line. Give me Georgia Tech to upset Clemson. Clemson Ooh. coming off a hangover, beating Notre Dame. Clemson hangover, Georgia Tech to go bowl eligible against Clemson. I like In Clemson that. as well. I like that. Yeah, Josh, the Georgia Tech offense is awesome. Haynes Keen, the transfer from Texas A&M, if you remember like three years ago, he was the kid that beat Alabama. Uh, he's been balling, leading the team in rushing yards, throws the ball really well, doesn't turn over the ball that much. This is tough because this game's at Clemson. Death Valley is a tough place to play. I think Dabo has his team fired up. I don't think the Jacks, the Yellow Jackets, are able to get this one done. I'm taking Clemson, although I don't think Clemson's able to cover 14 and a half. I think Georgia Tech can maybe backdoor this one late. There's nothing about um, Clemson's offense that really installs hope in me besides Phil Maffa or even uh, Will Shipley, but I don't know the status of Will Shipley's injury because uh, Kate Klubnik <laughs> sucks. I've been saying it all season. He sucks. He can't hit a receiver. He is a one-read guy. Uh, apparently, he might be back this week. Unless he has some kind of setback, they expect to get Shipley back. So, okay. that'll help things. Yeah, so there you go. You can run just a lot of uh, 21 personnel and hand the ball off. Staying in the ACC, big, big rivalry game, Josh. It's Miami at number four, Florida State. Florida State also a 14.5-point favorite. Um, this is going to be a weird one because you have a rivalry game, you have Mario Cristobal, and you have a Florida State team that looked pretty sloppy against Pitt last week. Who do you got? I still think Florida State are going to have too much for them. They didn't have Keon Coleman last week against Pitt. He's going to be back this week. They didn't have Johnny Wilson either. Didn't have Johnny Wilson either. You know, they were missing two of their big pieces on offense. I think Benson's going to be able to run over this Miami team. And I think that having the two receivers... Is, is Wilson back? I know Coleman's back. I don't know if Wilson's back. <sighs> Not sure if the they get both, on him. If they get both pieces back, it's comfortable. I mean, I've got FSU to cover just having Coleman back. I think he's worth that much to this team. Yeah, give me give me FSU in this one. Yeah, Florida State, just a much better team when they have their best player on the field. Shocker, I know. Florida State has one of the better passing defense or passing offenses in this country. Um, I don't know because there have been flashes by Miami which you're like oh this is a legit team when 
they are running the ball really well, and Tyler Van Dyke isn't throwing interceptions. They're a legit good team. They have great receivers on the outside, and the line play is really good. That is a hallmark of a Mario Cristobal offense is great line play. And then on the other end, the defense, the defense has been playing lights out. It's just they can't put it all together. I think if Miami is able to put this one together, they can win this one. There's just tons of talent. However, I think Florida State has the coaching matchup in this one. They have the consistency matchup on this one. They have the receiving matchup on this one. Probably have the off uh, the running back, the receivers, the quarterback, the offensive line. Just, I don't think Miami can put it all together. So I am going to take Florida State in this one. But don't be surprised if it's around 3 o'clock Eastern time, Josh. Uh, or the game starts at 3.30. So come 5.30 Eastern time. And Miami's hanging in there. Don't be surprised. <laughs> but yeah, give me Florida State on this one, especially since it's at home. Jumping over to the Pac-12 now. Number 21, Arizona. At Colorado. Colorado, 11-point underdogs on the road. Uh, should we say it on three? One, two, three. Colorado, your fish food. 100%. 100%. Dion and Colorado are the, the latest team to face the Arizona gauntlet. Arizona are going to turn them straight into fish food. I've got Fafita and Co. to comfortably beat Colorado in this one. I got it at 35-21. I, I got them at plus 11. Uh, I got them comfortably covering the, the 11 points. I think this is going to be 35-21. If Arizona's defense can play like they did last week, then I have no doubt that they can win by at least three scores. However, Yeah, they might not even score 21. Yeah. However, Arizona's defense has not been that consistent all season, and Colorado's, off, yeah, Colorado's offense will score. But th- this whole weird shit about changing offense coordinators and Sanders looks hurt, the offensive line doesn't look existent. I don't know. It, it, it's weird. Yeah, give me Colorado. Or excuse me, give me Arizona. Yeah, God, Colorado's not winning this one. <laughs> give me Arizona to the tune of probably... 35, 35, 20, 35, 21. Yeah. 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 Exactly what I have at 35, 21. This has got 35, 21 written all over it. Staying in the Pac-12. It's a huge matchup. Number 18, Utah at number five, Washington. Utah is still a good team. You know, they got the doors blown off them against Oregon. The offense wasn't able to do anything. Washington's defense is not as good as Oregon's. And Utah's defense is hungry. They just, you know, ate the kneecaps of Arizona State. Am I crazy for liking Washington in this? Or, excuse me, for liking Utah in this one? Utah is an eight and a half point underdog on the road. Am I crazy for this one? Not at all. Not at all. I think this this last couple of weeks, the the Oregon loss has hurt Utah quite a lot in, in a lot of people's eyes. And, I'm 100% with you. This is a this is a good Utah team that's just had a had a slight hiccup and they're coming up against the defense that's just given up 40 points to to I guess I know it's Caleb but still given up a lot of points and a lot 500 odd yards against against an offense that's just had a big explosion against Arizona State. Yeah, I I I'm kind of slightly leaning towards Utah to cover the spread here, but I think Washington are going to have gonna have too much for them i think Penix is going to continue his his Heisman campaign and and i think washington will have will have too much for utah here it was refreshing to see washington wake up against usc because if this game happened probably a week prior 
I would be all over Utah. Uh, mm-hmm. But seeing this offensive explosion wake up, you know, players are now healthy. They're not sick. Yeah, I, I imagine Penix and Polk and Rome and that entire trio of receivers, they're going to get theirs. I don't think Washington's going to be able to run the ball like they did last week because no. Utah has a real defense. No way. Yeah, Utah has a real defense. I don't... I, I think Utah's going to win this one, Josh. I think this is going to be that Pac-12 cannibalism that we've been so accustomed to seeing. It, th- if any week Washington was the trip out, I think it'd be this week. Give me Utah. What would that one. do to the rankings or to the Pac-12? Um. So off the top of my head, Oregon would Oregon Washington would still be top two in the conference because. Utah has two losses. They lost to Oregon State and Oregon. Oregon State has two losses. They lost to Washington State and Arizona. So, Oregon-Washington still top two in the Pac-12. But it would open the door for the possibility of Oregon State maybe sneaking in, Utah sneaking in, or even USC sneaking in. Oh, and Oregon State played Washington and Oregon. Yes. So... That's why I said it would be that possibility because if Oregon State were to beat Washington or just beat Oregon, you would have the opportunity of a team with two losses matched up against a team with one loss. Yeah, yeah. that'd be spicy. That it would be. And again, I like Utah on this one. I think that they're going to be able to get to the passer. Washington's O line not as impressive in the last couple of weeks. They've looked very. Um, porous i think it's the right way they did a good job against usc but again it's easy to do good against usc <laughs> yeah i'm gonna say i'm calling my shot on the score give me utah 24 washington 21 i think utah can win on the field goal another top 25 matchup and i think this is the uh rankings revenge game it's the aforementioned tennessee number 13 tennessee at number 14, Missouri, and Tennessee's a one-point favorite on the road. Uh, fuck Josh Heupel. Let's go Tigers. I think Mizzou are the better team as well. Am I crazy yeah. thinking Mizzou are the better team? I, I kind of am, am all over the, the Mizzou line here. Um, they just played Georgia tough on the road. They only fell late because of a couple of bad interceptions. This is a good Missouri team. They move the ball really well. The defense plays tough every week. They're they're in the race for for the SEC. God damn it! Like this is a, this is well, a good Mizzou team. They they need a lot not of quite, help. but yeah. they're not they're not out of the race mathematically. They're, this is a this is a good this is a good Mizzou team. I think they're a lot better than this Tennessee team. Yeah, I, I'll I'll be hammering this line. Mizzou mathematically still in the SEC championship is like me mathematically still having chance with Sydney Sweeney. Like yeah, it's it can happen. <laughs> it's just not gonna happen. Just gotta believe. You're right. I gotta believe. I gotta manifest. Um. <laughs> You and me, Mizzou, let's shock the world. Uh, yeah, I'm all over the Tigers on this one. Tennessee's passing defense, we saw them get carved up against Alabama. Again, Jalen Miro cannot throw the ball that well. Give me Brady Cook with time, and then give me the world. That receiving group of Burden and Weiss and Cooper, they're awesome. They can carve up defenses. They looked really well against Georgia. Yeah, give me the Tigers all day on this one. Plus one. Give me the money line. Give me everything. Uh, and again, we're looking at the possibility of a 10 win Missouri team. And that's awesome. Jumping now to the big 10, 
And this is the true sicko game of the week. I didn't want to save it for last. I want to save another game for last. And that is the New York's one true team, the Rutgers Scarlet Knights, traveling to Iowa. Iowa is a two-point favorite. But the more important part, Josh, is the number 28, <laughs> because that is the over-under. <laughs> yeah. It just makes me sad. I don't really want... I don't, I, <laughs> I don't know what more to say to a 28.5 point over on the line. I have Rutgers to win this one. I think Rutgers might have enough to beat this Iowa team. I think I hope Rutgers have enough to beat this Iowa team. You don't need to score that many points. And I think Rutgers can. You know, they jumped out to an early lead against Ohio State. They scored a good amount of points the week before. And they scored 34 points the week before. Give me, give me Rutgers to win this one. I'm still going to be betting the under, though. I think this is the change-up game that everyone's going to be shocked about. I think Iowa's going to win this one. And I think the over might hit. <laughs> Not. It feels like it's so low that it has to. Exactly. It's four scores. It's. I I don't see a They've world. They've not had that in like their last three games, though. <sighs> have, wait, Iowa has not scored twenty eight in their last three games. Let me have twenty. A oh my! They've scored twenty five in their last three. Yeah. 15, oh 15, god. 15, 10, 10. That's thirty five. I can't math. Yeah, thirty five points in their last three. And that's why I'm a podcaster, not a mathematician. Just kidding. That's not my real job. <laughs> Mom, Dad, it's not my real job. I swear. Um, hmm, interesting. It's very interesting. I was less. Yeah, I think Iowa can win this one. I think they're going to be able to strangle uh, against Rutgers. However, I think they're going to be able to score. Rutgers' defense is good, not great. Uh, and I think this is, it's just going to be the dumb game that Iowa goes off on randomly. They're going to be able to run the ball really well or... They'll break off some punt returns and kick returns. Cooper DeGene might have two pick sixes. Like, I'm not saying the offense is going to be able to score, but <laughs> somebody on Iowa is going to be able to score. I also think Rutgers we, we, is going to be able to we get did this earlier. Else. We did this earlier in the season then. Who's the leading scoring unit? The defense, mm. the offense, the special teams. Can I have just Cooper DeGene as my leading scorer? <laughs> yes, you can. I'm going to spot him 12 points. Uh, I'm going to say he has a <laughs> scoop and score and probably a punt return. And then I think Iowa can probably score another touchdown on their offense. And I think Rutgers can find the rest of the nine points somewhere to hit the over on this one. <laughs> There's no way they can have the three lowest unders of all time and all three hit. There's no way, right? It's the Ferentz special. Ferentz is special indeed <laughs> in many ways. All right. Hurrying up now to the top 10 matchup of the weekend and... Many might argue that this is the other big game of the week, and that is number nine Ole Miss traveling to Athens to take on the number two Georgia Bulldogs. Georgia, 10.5-point favorite at home. Yeah, and I think they cover that as well. I've got Georgia in this one. They've looked really good. They passed the eye test for me. Offense is, is good enough. Quarterback's good enough. Defense is very good. You don't know what version of Jackson Dart you're going to get as well. Even if you get the good Jackson Dart, I still don't think he's enough to beat this Georgia defense. Yeah, give me give me Georgia to cover this one. I think they're going to win this by three scores. Yeah, the Georgia offense, I think, is finally pieced together without um, their best player. Uh, I think Labakonki stepped up to be a very good target and someone that's probably going to be playing on Sundays. Like, 
I can absolutely see him on the Colts or the Patriots and just being that guy that consistently gets 12 catches a game and is everyone's PPR nightmare. Uh, but yeah, I'm not sure what version of Ole Miss we are going to get this week. Uh, Jackson Dart doesn't install a whole lot of confidence in me. I think you need a bare minimum Brady Coke-level quarterback to beat Georgia. But I do love the running duo of Judkins and Bentley for Ole Miss. I just, I think Lane's going to get put in a blender by Kirby schematically. He's going to get put in a blender um, just all over the place. Yeah, give me Georgia on this one. Probably to the tune of 34-21. Yeah. Yeah, I can see that. I just think this Georgia team has so much talent up front on defense that I just think Dart's going to be unsettled from the first from the first snap all the way through the last, and I can just see this one getting getting out of hand fast. Yeah, I think Ole Miss can probably stay in at the first half, and then you come out of the third quarter, and Ole Miss might get the ball, and Dart just gets crushed, and the ball comes out, and Georgia scoops and scores, and that breaks open to like a two score, three score game. Dart's been sacked twenty times this season already. Yeah, the O-line play is not very good. All right, hurry up now. Number seven, Texas. They're traveling to Fort Worth to take on a TCU. Texas is a 10-point favorite in this one. Who you got? I think Texas are going to have more than enough to beat TCU here, and I think they're probably going to have enough to cover as well. I think this is a pretty good Texas team. I know I said I don't, don't trust the quarterback situation too much, but I think they're going to have more than enough to beat this TCU team. They've been pretty inconsistent this year, especially on the offensive side. You know, we, when we when we previewed TCU, we said this is such a, a new team. There's a lot of new faces in the building. It's looked like that way this season. Yeah, give me, give me Texas to cover this one. Yeah, I think Texas is going to be able to run the ball all over TCU. Um, I think Malik Murphy is just going to do enough. He's not going to be flashy. He's not going to do anything crazy he's just gonna keep it safe hang on the ball let um the offense hum behind him josh tc's remain schedule baylor and at oklahoma currently the frogs are sitting at four wins they need to win two out of these final three can they get there no i don't think they can i don't think they can i don't think they get bowl eligible this year i'm not sure either and that's honestly kind of shocking that the Championship, the runner-up championship team from last year is not going to be able to go bowling. And I guess that's what happens when you lose 21 of your 22 starters. Yeah, yeah. When when the entire team is different. <laughs> Makes yeah. it tough. I can see why you struggle. Jumping back to the SEC now. It's a night game at Florida at number 14 LSU. Both these teams in desperate need of a win just for, one, a bowl sake, but also just morale sake. Yeah, and the big concern here for LSU is we don't know Daniel's status, really. He's day-to-day. Kelly said he's day-to-day. Uh, concussion on a really Sunday. Know. Or on, concussion on a Saturday is tough to come back to. Yes, it really safe. is. No, no, it's not. And we'll see. We'll see. If if he's not there... I mean, I think even if he is there, to be fair, I think Florida are going to have enough to, to cover this 14-point line. I think they've got a much better chance of... of LSU have got a much better chance of covering it if... If Daniels is here, and if Daniels is here, I'll probably take LSU to cover that. Otherwise, I'll take LSU money line, but I'll take Florida to to cover that line. Yeah, if Daniels plays, I think LSU can win this one comfortably to like a fifty-six to twenty-one. But if he yeah. doesn't play, I don't know because that offense is just night and day without him. Yeah, and the LSU defense has got cracks <laughs> for sure. 
I, I'm curious what the over-under is on this game. The over-under is 63.5. That, no, that could be a fun one because in the last couple of games, Florida's given up – in the last three games, Florida's defense has given up 39 points minimum. They gave up 39 against a bad South Carolina team, 43 to Georgia, then 39 versus a bad Arkansas team. LSU's given up – I don't know if they played Army and Auburn, so that doesn't really count. But against Missouri, they gave up 39. <laughs> against Ole Miss, they gave up 55. Against Alabama, they gave up 42. Yeah, there's going to be a lot of points in this one. Yeah, it could be a shootout. could be a fun one. could be a fun one. Definitely, though, give me LSU on this one. Second to last game, one to include this one because we said it in our ACC preview show, this could have been an awesome matchup of two NFL caliber quarterbacks. However, Riley Leonard got hurt, and that is Duke at number 24, UNC. Big rivalry matchup. Uh, you have a unstoppable force, again, in UNC's offense versus an immovable object in duke's defense who wins it's a funny one because as you said you know at the start of this year we'd have been looking at the quarterback matchup and the matchup that i'm really excited for in this one is is the unc defense versus the duke running game which is just not where i thought i'd have been at with this game i, <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, I think duke, duke gonna gonna try and run the ball all over this unc defense and, and we're gonna really see if they can show anything to stop it because I think I've kind of got Duke in this one. I've been leaning towards Duke. Uh, UNC have started to to show some show some flashes on offense, but it's just inconsistent. It's inconsistent. Maybe it's because I want Duke to win. My brain says UNC. My heart says Duke. Give me Duke. Yeah, in your last three games against Power Five opponents, North Carolina has given up at least thirty points. I th- and I don't think Duke scored thirty points ever since Riley Leonard got knocked out of the season. Let me check real quick. Uh, last time they scored 30 points was um, versus UConn. And that was all the way back in week four. So yeah. something's going to give here. And uh, Leonard's still out because he had that second that second injury against uh, Louisville. Yeah, I'm, I don't know. It's a rivalry game at UNC. Nah, give, great defense trumps great offense every day. Give me the Blue Devils on this one. I am excited to see, though, what this will do to Drake May's draft stock. Because if he loses this one, I think people are going to start asking a lot of questions. Because that'll now be, if they lost, it'll be three straight losses versus Power 5 teams. He's looked decent in these games, but now he's playing probably the toughest defense he's going to play all season. Ooh, it's going to be fun. It's going to be fun. Omari and Hampton, though. Ball over running back. And then um, Johnson, the receiver. Baller. Tez, Tez Walker, yeah. excuse me. Tez Johnson's the Oregon receiver. Tez Walker, uh, the UNC receiver. Yeah, he's a baller. Yeah, and, yeah, he really is. And that brings us to our final game with Tez Johnson. And that is USC unranked now, traveling to number six, Oregon. This game's at 1030 Eastern. I am going to be blackout drunk for this one. Uh, Oregon is a 16.5 point favorite and the over-under. 73 and a half. Ooh, I think the over-under, I think the over probably hits as well. I think there's going to be so much, so many points in this game. It's going to be a shootout. I think both sides are going to be going to be dealing. I think the Oregon defense is, is decent, but I think the USC offense is very good. I just think Oregon are going to have their way. They've had their way with better defenses. They're going to have their way with this USC one. 
it's the number one scoring offense versus the number two scoring offense. Oregon's averaging forty-two point or forty-seven points a game. USC's averaging forty-five against the number what defense and the number. <laughs> Great question, Josh. Um, Oregon has the number two total offense versus the number one hundred nineteen defense of USC. <laughs> And then USC has the number eight total offense in terms of yards versus the number 18 defense. So, yeah. Oregon might hit the over on their own. <laughs> <laughs> that, I would be so happy if Oregon was able to put up 70 on USC. <laughs> that would make me so, so happy. Um, quick little note on this one. Bucky Irving didn't practice today for Oregon. Don't know what that is, but my friend texted me, kind of freaked out. I'm like, because if he doesn't play, I'll be very sad. He might, yeah, he, he, he might go for might, seventy. <laughs> he is will one hundred percent be on my bet slip if he's if he's playing for a couple scores. Yeah, bet just bet every Oregon player anytime touchdown, maybe two. Every player give him a two. Um, this is gonna be a crazy one because it's gonna be a night game in Autzen. Uh, every Oregon fan hates USC. Every USC fan I'm sure is annoyed with Oregon over the last ten years. Uh, Caleb Williams, let's see how he bounces back versus. Another tough loss and against a great defense. Oregon loves to blitz, and they're going to be blitzing a guy that loves to try to get out of blitzes and scramble around. Yeah, this is going to be a really, really exciting game. I just think it's going to be a complete shootout. I think, you know, you might see a score on pretty much every drive until someone makes one. One, so it'd be like that Bills game where they scored on on every single oh, drive. I think they yeah. played the Pats, they scored on every drive, and it's just trading. I, I don't know if my heart could take that. I, I think at some point, Oregon's defense does get a couple stops on USC, whether that be a forced fumble against Caleb Williams or an interception or a turnover on downs, or maybe they just force in the punt and Oregon's offense is just able to move. Um, I think USC might be able to cover. 16.5 feels very high. Just I don't know if Oregon's able to stop USC's defense three times by the way of Oregon offense being stopped three times because Oregon's offense has not looked that good in the last they had two slow starts so in the last two weeks yeah I don't know but yeah give me Oregon in this one to the tune of probably 49 35 <laughs> yes yeah that, that, that might be the might be the play there um Josh any any pick that you have the best bet of the weekend Ooh, if I had one bet this weekend, one bet I will be placing will be Ollie Gordon, two or more touchdowns, for sure. I think he's gone two touchdowns last week, two the week before, four the week before that, and then he scored in the two weeks before that as well. Yeah, give me Ollie Gordon, two or more scores. And Oklahoma State, they play UCF, and UCF is not a very good team. They're sitting at four and five. They're going to be fighting for ball eligibility. I like that. And does this get Ollie Gordon into... That Heisman conversation. It should do. He should be in it. He's been that good. He should. But for whatever reason, Vegas just refuses to put him in there. I like where you're going with this one. Because my best bet of this week is Mr. Marvin Harrison. I like him to score at least one touchdown. He scored two touchdowns in the last two... Or two touchdowns in each game in the last two games. And he has scored in every game except one this year or except two this year that first one against indiana and against Notre Dame. he has 10 insane. touchdowns on this season yeah the dude's a insane. baller 
if Bucky Irvin's playing, I'll be taking him for a score as well because I think he's got a, a big chance of, of going off against that USC team. I might take that every every Oregon receiver for a score. So. <laughs> <laughs> every Oregon player of score. Yeah. All right, so you're Ollie Gordon, two-plus touchdowns. I just like a Marvin Harrison touchdown. That's a great, great duo right there. Parlay them together if you're a freak. And remember, kids, always gamble responsibly. And if you're a gambling company, feel free to sponsor us. <laughs> All right. But that's just going to about do it uh, for our Week 11 preview show. Uh, we currently have some games going on right now in the max, that midweek maxion, because we're recording again on a Tuesday. This will probably come out on a Thursday. Um, yeah, any any final notes, Josh? No, excited for the games this week. There's some big matchups, and they're getting bigger every week. It's going to be a fun one. I'm, you're definitely going to be getting a voicemail at probably <laughs> midnight, 1 a.m. East Coast time because again, Oregon kicks off at 10:30, and this is going to be a very long game. There's going to be so when much USC running. have beaten Oregon, it's going to be. Oh, <laughs> yeah, I'm going to be major depresso. But that's just about do it for us. Uh, if you haven't seen our Week 10 recap show, check it out on Spotify or Apple, or it's also now on YouTube with our beautiful faces there. Uh, subscribe to the Patreon, Patreon.com/slash/ThinkingFootball. Couldn't do this stuff without you guys. Uh, subscribe to the YouTube if you aren't already, because, again, we're now posting these podcasts on the YouTube with our beautiful faces. Uh, we have NFL breakdowns coming out. Follow us on the social medias. We got plenty of clips from the show and send some college breakdowns coming out as well. Um, but, yeah, that's just going to outdo it. For Josh, I'm Tyler. Have a great week and enjoy your college football. Catch you next week.